Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back to the Victorious Liberty Podcast. I'm your host, Kevin McSpadden, and I am thrilled to have you back with me tonight. We're going to be continuing our journey through the gospel of the kingdom and continuing what we started last week as we dig into, albeit very briefly, how Old Testament prophecy points to Jesus and a kingdom that is way beyond what people ever could imagine. So I have a question for you. If I were to offer you $1 million right now, or a penny that would double in value every day for 30 days, which one would you take? Now, many people hear that question and they think, yeah, give me the million dollars right now. But what they don't take into account is, at the end of 30 days, that penny that doubles is going to be worth well over $10 million. You see, the kingdom of heaven is kind of like that penny. It's not always exactly what you're looking for or what you think it might be, but it turns out when you dig into it and when you truly understand it, that it is far more valuable than you first imagined. So tonight's episode is going to focus on how prophecy pointed to the kingdom of Jesus Christ as something different, but far greater than people could understand or imagine. That's our topic. Let's jump in as we continue to explore the gospel, which is the good news of the kingdom. So just as a brief review of what we've covered so far, mankind was created in God's image with a mission to spread his love over the whole earth, but we fell when we sinned and obeyed Satan. The good news was that God, through the law, began to set up a way for him to show his people his love, teach them his ways and how to live righteously, and not only that, but begin to point to his son, Jesus, who would eventually come as the Savior of the world. So the law was God's first covenant with the people who believed in him. In other words, an unbreakable agreement and a promise that he would be God to his people forever. Now, God never broke that covenant. If you know the Old Testament, you know that people did not keep that covenant perfectly, but it didn't nullify the fact that God was faithful. Now, not only did God prophesy about the coming Messiah through the law, but he also did it through the prophets themselves. And that's what we started to see last week. The prophets began to speak of a coming Messiah who would forgive people of their sins, heal their sicknesses, put aside everything that could keep them away from an active, vivid, loving relationship with God. And that's where we're going to pick up again tonight. How did the prophets who lived centuries before Jesus came know so much about who he would be? That's only possible by the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit revealed so much about who Jesus would be that it truly is remarkable to dig in and see those prophecies revealed. So let's take a look at just a few of those, and I want to begin tonight in Jeremiah chapter 31, verses 31 through 34. And this is what that says. Behold, the days are coming, says the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah, not according to the covenant that I made with their fathers. Pause for a moment. That covenant was the law. That covenant was how he began to set them apart, and it was entering into a marriage, if you will, with his people. And so this verse already prophesies that there's going to be a new covenant in a certain day that's coming down the road. Okay, unpause. 
Not according to the covenant that I made with their fathers in the day that I took them by the hand to lead them out of the land of Egypt, my covenant which they broke, though I was a husband to them, says the Lord. But this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days, says the Lord. I will put my law in their minds and write it on their hearts, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. No more shall every man teach his neighbor and every man his brother, saying, Know the Lord, for they all shall know me from the least of them to the greatest of them, says the Lord, for I will forgive their iniquity and their sin I will remember no more. So what a rich passage that just points to the unfailing passion and love of God. And we understand through Scripture that Jesus is the one who brought about that new covenant. So this is a prophecy about what God would accomplish through Jesus. So for example, it finishes with this thought, I will forgive their iniquity and their sin I will remember no more. Well, now that was a choice of God, but it also was something that if he was going to do that and still be a just God it would have required a sacrifice, which he provided in his son. How can he forgive my sin and forget about it and choose to remember it? Well, the blood of Jesus covers it. More from this passage points out that he said they will know God. Well, Jesus gave us the helper so that we could know him. Yes, that's the Holy Spirit, who is always teaching us, always with us, always growing us, always working in us so that we not only know God better, but we reflect his character. And then it even says this, I will put my law in their minds and write it on their hearts, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. That's a reference to the law of life in the Spirit referred to in Romans chapter 8. That's the fulfillment given to us through Jesus so that we can truly know God. So that is one more great example of prophecy that pointed to what Jesus would fulfill. I have a couple more I would like to read, and these come to us out of Zechariah. I want to start with Zechariah chapter 3, verses 8 through 10. Hear, O Joshua, the high priest, you and your companions who sit before you, for they are a wondrous sign. For behold, I am bringing forth my servant, the branch. For behold, the stone that I have laid before Joshua, upon the stone are seven eyes. Behold, I will engrave its inscription, says the Lord of hosts, and I will remove the iniquity of that land in one day. In that day, says the Lord of hosts, everyone will invite his neighbor under his vine and under his fig tree. Again, a very rich passage with lots that we could look into, but what I want to bring up is again and again the Lord promises to remove iniquity. And this one finishes by saying, in that day, in other words, after Jesus has fulfilled what I'm saying right now, everyone will invite his neighbor under his vine and under his fig tree. Well, wasn't Jesus the one who said the greatest commandment is, love the Lord your God and love your neighbor as yourself? Well, that sounds like that to me. And then next comes from Zechariah 6, 12 and 13. Then speak to him, saying, Thus says the Lord of hosts, saying, Behold, the man whose name is the branch. From his place he shall branch out, he shall build the temple of the Lord. Yes, he shall build the temple of the Lord. He shall bear the glory and shall sit and rule on his throne. So he shall be a priest on his throne, and the council of peace shall be between them both. Now, you might have to read the book of Hebrews to truly understand this, but Jesus was identified as a king and a priest, according to the order of Melchizedek, who was a priest, but also the king of Salem. 
So you can read that for yourself, but this prophecy identified that Jesus would be both a king and a priest. So the fact is there are so many verses that we could read all throughout the Bible, but the picture that emerges from these prophecies is very clear. God showed the prophets well in advance that Jesus Christ, the Messiah, would come to bring forgiveness, mercy, righteousness, healing, both physical and emotional. He would carry the kingdom as a king and a priest to his people. He himself would pay the price for all sin so that people could be free from those things that would keep them away from God. In a nutshell, God painted the picture of complete restoration, forgiveness, redemption, and a brand new life, all delivered to us through his son, Jesus Christ. So to finish, I want to look at one more scripture so that we can see the beauty of the kingdom that Jesus preached, prophesied, hundreds of years in advance of when he actually preached it. So this passage comes to us out of Daniel chapter 7, verses 13 and 14. I was watching in the night visions, and behold, one like the Son of Man, coming with the clouds of heaven. He came to the Ancient of Days, and they brought him near before him. Then to him, to the Son of Man, was given dominion and glory and a kingdom that all peoples, nations, and languages should serve him. His dominion is an everlasting dominion which shall not pass away, and his kingdom the one which shall not be destroyed. So when you hear that, the kingdom of Jesus being prophesied in advance is one that will never pass away. It'll never be destroyed. That's why the religious officials of his time were so furious when Jesus referred to himself as the Son of Man. They understood what he was saying, because the Son of Man was the one who would be given the everlasting dominion that would never be destroyed. Now, Jesus wasn't the one that they thought they were looking for, so they were so offended. And they, of course, had him crucified because he claimed to be the Messiah they were looking for, and they just couldn't see him for what he was. But nevertheless, what I want you to understand from these prophecies is that what Jesus accomplished was not temporary, but forever, permanent, always. You see, Jesus has given us the invitation to be a part of an eternal kingdom, which consists of his rule, his ways, his love, his character, his goodness, all of these things and more extended to those who believe in him and all given without reservation and without hesitation. What we are a part of is permanent. And so to wrap up tonight, I want you to truly understand from these prophecies and what we'll get into as we continue next week, that the kingdom of heaven is not only good news for a moment, it is good news for eternity. The gospel is good news for the rest of our lives and for the rest of the eternity that we will spend with Jesus in heaven. It's love without end, and God revealed that through his prophets and gave us the invitation to participate in it. And the really good news is that invitation is still for today. Will you receive that invitation? If you are feeling drawn and you're hearing all this about Jesus and feeling in your heart that it's time to surrender your life to him, will you please pray this prayer with me? Lord Jesus, I am so thankful that you fulfilled all that was spoken of you. You fulfilled the requirements of the law so that I could receive the righteousness of God through you. I believe who you are. I believe that you are the Son of God, 
who came to the earth, lived a perfect life, and died on the cross for my sins. I believe that you have forgiven me. I admit that I have done so much wrong and committed so many sins, and yet I trust you and I receive your forgiveness now. I am choosing in this moment to surrender my life to you and to confess you as my Lord and as my master from now on. Lord Jesus, live in me. Fill me with your spirit. Lead and guide me all the days of my life. Thank you for saving me, and thank you for the eternal life that you have given me and the kingdom that I am now a part of. I pray these things in your name, Lord Jesus. Amen. So as I've said before, if you pray that prayer, then your life is going to be different, and I can't encourage you enough to reach out to people who have been praying for you and to tell them about the decision that you've made tonight. And not only that, to begin to plug yourself into a Bible-believing church full of people who love Jesus so that you and they can grow along together. Next time on the Victorious Liberty Podcast, we'll begin to look at the one who made all these promises and pictures a reality. Jesus himself. Jesus fulfilled both the law and the prophecies, but he did quite a bit more than that as well. And that's what we're going to explore on the next episode. Until then, thanks for listening. I'm Kevin McSpadden. May God bless you, may God keep you, and may God cause his face to shine upon you.